Welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Samantha Rochefort, and I am here today with Allegra Frank. It sounded like you called me Allegra. It did sound like that, and I'm kind of upset. I'm okay with it. Okay, I'm glad you're okay with it. And Ashley, oh, hi. Are you okay with that? No, but oh, that's okay. It happened. <laughs> Ashley, oh. <laughs> How are your eyes? Oh, so I got my eyes dilated for the first time ever, which is weird. I, I feel like that's a routine procedure, but I think in all of the eye exams I've had, it's just, you know, the, reading the chart and then, you know, you look somewhere else and they peer into your eye with like a, like a light or something. And that's usually it for me. So when she put like these eye drops into my eyes and she's like, just uh, just dab, you know, whatever come, you know, comes like trickling down. I was like, oh, OK. And I dabbed it and I looked down and it was like this neon yellow liquid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What is that? What is that? And then she put more drops in. She's like, OK, you're going to have to wait 30 minutes for your eyes to dilate. And I was like, what? Okay, I've heard of this before. I thought this was like a puff of air test that they would do instead, but I don't know anything about that. Funny, because I always thought it was done with light, but I've never had. It is also. I think it. So there's like different processes because last time I got an eye exam, they gave me the option to either do the usual dilation, which I hadn't done in years, but I'd done it before, so I'm surprised that you hadn't. Or I could do like a puff of air kind of thing which was more expensive but it takes like five minutes yeah so either the viscous yellow goo or the puff of air yeah it's like either free or sixty dollars i was like fine i'll give you that's what i mean they offered me they're like you could do that or there's this new mapping thing and it's like you don't have to worry about that it's done instantly there is a copay of 39 dollars and i was like no I will just suffer to save $39. That's fine with me. I could get a lot of things for $39. Give me the goo. She put me, I went into the waiting room and then uh, I took my glasses off. I just kept them off. And then when I put them back on, I I looked around and I was like, everything's so bright, so radiant, (laughs) so beautiful. It's so bright in here. (laughs) I was delighted, but then horrified because then when I tried to look at my phone and check like a message, my eyes like refused to focus on my phone. It just like kept, I felt like my eyes kept crossing and I just kept looking at it. It was like, come on, come on. And it wouldn't work. And then I freaked out and even mm. though it's supposed to be for only like a couple hours, an hour. I don't know. I still feel kind of like, Whoa. Oh, It's not fun when your body won't work the way you want it to. But I looked at my eye. What? <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> it's, I can see so much all the time. <laughs> this is an experience. Ashley can see into the future right now. Uh, so Chelsea is unfortunately out today, so she won't be here. Um, but today's episode is going to be fun anyway. We're going to talk about Mario Party and how it is the great equalizer, which is pretty much the thesis of that entire topic. So go ahead and skip <laughs> it if you want. The new Dragon Ball Z movie, which I am curious about uh, for one reason only. And Ashley's uh, apparently dark backstory that she's made up for Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And we're also going to talk about the Fire Festival documentaries, because why not? Chelsea's not here to say no to us, which she never does. I don't know. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about PodCon, which is happening this weekend, the 18th and 19th of January 2019 in Seattle. Uh, we're going. 
we're going there. And I'm really excited, even though I just got back from France on Monday. And you were just in Seattle. <laughs> and I was in that. Seattle immediately before that. I'm going back, y'all. Um, but I'm super excited. So I wanted to talk about uh, our schedules for PodCon, uh, which you can still get tickets for, both remote attendance tickets and uh, physical be there tickets. Uh, those are available at podcon.com. You can see a little linky to buy them. Um, so even if you're on the East Coast, you can still, I guess, listen to us or something or watch streams of the panels. That's fine. Oh, no. A few weeks after the event, we'll send you a password-protected podcast links with audio recordings of almost all the panels. So you'll just have to listen like you usually do, suckers. <laughs> Allegra. Hi. What are you doing at PodCon? Um, so I'm on two panels, and then I'm in one of the – there's an opening and a closing show. So I'm in the closing show. But I'm in a panel – forgive me, I do not know what they are called because they have long names, but I can give you the sort of brief abbreviated name. I know what they're called. Oh, great. Uh, so the one on Saturday, you can maybe tell me the full name. It's from four to five, I believe. Yes. Finding the universal in the diverse. There we go. I knew it was there something it like that. Yeah, so it's me and – uh, I believe Tobin Lowe is the moderator. Um, we're going to be talking about, I guess, being marginalized people. We're, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of discussion because we're trying to figure out sort of the tenor of it because it's – I'm not going to get on my soapbox here because that's what PodCon is for. But Yay. it's interesting to try and discuss what it means to be like a specific individual with a very specific perspective, as we all do, mm-hmm. and then have to think about – how can we make that more universally understood? Because mm-hmm. it's not like we ask, you know, the majority to make their presumed, you know, majority stance universal, right? So mm-hmm. why should we do the same for, you know, people who are considered diverse? That is sort of the discussion I think we're going to get at and yeah. how it's relevant to our podcasts. Um, and then on Sunday, I believe it's at 1130 Yes. Yes. God's perfect panel for you. Yeah. Anxious, depressed, phobic, and also hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and I believe in the phobic in this context means scared of things and not like homophobic or <laughs> transphobic, which is <laughs> usually what I associate that with. But yeah, like. Wow. Um, yeah. So some of the. As you all know, <laughs> Allegra Frank. <laughs> so I know that uh, Hannah Hart and friend of Polygon, Justin McElroy, are both on that panel which is cool. And we're going to be talking about how we have <laughs> mental health problems, I guess. How you're sad but funny. And they pitched it to me as depressed but funny. So just sort of um, how we are able to mine humor from our mental health, what have you, and then how humor can help with that, with figuring mm. out the mental health part. And then the closing show is also on Sunday. Um I think this show end starts at like three or four. The last show of the day, the closing thirty. Five thirty. Oh God, it's Baby. a long day. Um, and I will be doing a fun little thing in that. I don't know if I want to talk too much about it because I think part of the fun of the closing show is that it's sort of a, a surprise. beautiful surprise. But I will be doing a very, very, very silly sketch. Mm-hmm. I'll call it a sketch. It's not quite a sketch. But uh, I'm wor- I'll tell you this. I'm working on my NPR voice right now. Oh, God. And that's all you need to know. All right. Ashley, uh, you and I are both in the opening show. 
which I think, like the closing show, we won't disclose exactly what we're doing in that, although it will be fun. And also, oh, I made it sound like we're doing something together, but we're not. We're each doing <laughs> our own thing. They split us up, which I kind of like. It's kind of exciting. I, a, I like not having to think about the pressure of doing a Polygon live show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Panels are so much easier. B, uh, it's going to be really fun to work with people. But Ashley, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to be, oh, you said the opening show. I'm going to be on a panel called When the Audience is Part of the Content. Um, And so that, uh, I'm going to be on that panel with, um, I'm pretty excited with Dane Terry, the the guy behind uh, the Dream Boy podcast, which is part of Night Vale Presents, which I started listening to Night Vale not too long ago. I got on very late um but i love 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 it so far it's mm-hmm. like my favorite thing and i oddly listen to it like even when i'm at the gym so like <laughs> i'm like lifting weights and i hear you know like cecil baldwin's voice like there's a cat hovering in the men's bathroom <laughs> and i'm just like yep two more <laughs> um it's really cool uh dream boy is also uh it's like a fiction podcast and mm-hmm. um I'm just going to like plug it really quickly for anyone who does like Night Vale as well is uh, there's like a really great um, like music that goes uh, with like the narration and segments of the story. And it feels very fluid and almost like really like you are watching a movie in a way. But um, I think having like the music be a huge part of that uh, podcast and storytelling was cool. And I'm excited to be on with cool people. And uh, the other two uh, are on um, their own like. D&D podcasts, which mm-hmm. is going to be pretty interesting since yeah, I've never played a D&D game and I'm really curious to hear um, not just their experience, but like if they're incorporating the audience into that because like the D&D is like a closed game, but like not really because I guess you can, you know, spin all sorts of stories from mm-hmm. it that can be told anyway. Um, and then there's me. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> got two D&D that. podcasts of... Uh, Two fiction podcasts, it looks like, Dan Terry's and then Lauren Shippens, who apparently she's written for Vox. So, hey, cool. that's cool. That's Vox with a cool. V. And then Hannah Hart. So I think you and Hannah are the only two that do, like, non-fictionalized things. I, I guess. I, I just tend to think that everything I do is fiction for some <laughs> reason. Actually, so. that's a fair way to look at life. I guess. Yeah. 2019. Social media. My brand. (laughs) Like, I often feel like we are performing, you know? I have a friend who religiously reads fanfic about me to check up on me. About you? Yes. To just check up on what people are doing. Uh, And she's very interested in, I guess, the the public perception (laughs) of me and, like, how, how people take aspects of how I am on video and on the podcast and like turn that into a Simone character. Apparently there was, I know I'm not going to talk about it specifically, (laughs) but do do you agree with it or sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. That's the interesting thing about it is that sometimes like, Oh God, you nailed it. And then sometimes it's like, (laughs) and I don't, I don't find it like offensive or anything. I think it's actually, I mean, everyone's public persona is a character to some extent, so there's no reason not to write about that character. But I I love the interpretations of what that is. I don't read it. I'm just putting that out there, guys. (laughs) Don't 
If you do that, don't feel weird. I'm not reading it. It's just my friend. <laughs> Please don't my send it to her. My friend is watching you. <laughs> and we'll feed her the best excerpts yes. to Simone. <laughs> Sorry if I made that weird for everyone. Ah! Uh, anyway, the description of Dane Terry's podcast says uh, it has the words eternal pornography of the cosmos in it. And that sounds fucking great. So that looks baller. I am in the opening show, as we mentioned. Um... I'm doing a podcast scramble session with Tobin Lowe, who is on the Nancy podcast from WNYC. Oh, you love that podcast. I actually, I've, I have not listened to much of it, but oh. I have enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, you recommended it, I remember. Did I? Yeah, one episode oh, God, you did. Oh, God, embarrassing. I think you did, actually, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I know, it's amazing. I never remember anything, so yeah. this is a first for me. Well, it's I, all about me, obviously. It is. <laughs> this is true. I, that's what that's what um, our podcast is going to be please, about, maybe. <laughs> no, please explain. Scramble. Well, I don't know what it's going to be about. Oh. So uh, Scramble, you just get matched up randomly with another guest. Um, so I have not spoken to Tobin yet. We're actually having a phone call right after this to figure out what we're going to oh, make a cool. short 25-minute podcast about. It should be fun. Uh, and not stressful at all. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I'm on a podcast turnoffs panel at 4 p.m. on Saturday uh, with Demi from Punch Up the Jam, which <gasps> I'm very excited about. So and cool. other cool people as well, including Justin McElroy, who has done some some work for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be about um, we're, we're trying to keep a posse about pod, bad podcast habits that kind of annoy us, but in a posy way where it's focused on like, how can we make the listening experience good? And like, what are some of the, what are some of the things that we do that we hate that we can fix? I'm just imagining <laughs> it as, you know, people in corporate environments always advise you to do the compliment sandwich as yes. like a management <laughs> style technique. <laughs> so I'm just imagining you going, Oh my god! I love that you're eating this sandwich. It looks so good. But can you please throw it out? You are distracting everybody, and Martha over there is crying because she can't. She Martha. can't. She can't type with the smell of the onions. But also, your sweater looks really great. Keep it up. Oh my god! That's a nice way to do. Like, please stop eating pudding on the podcast. I love but that you hydrate great. constantly, but remember that the uh, the mute button is there for a reason. <laughs> Your voice sounds so smooth and hydrated today. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that'll be really fun. Proving a point. <laughs> uh, the other one, I'm moderating a panel on Sunday called "Finding Our Voices: Queer Content," um, which is oh, extremely cool. exciting mm. because not only uh, is Taylor Smurl on it. Uh, Cecil Baldwin is on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And oh. Kathy, too, from Nancy. And a couple other people. Uh, I, I'm still working on the structure of this because... I feel uh, starstruck. I feel starstruck. I must, I must go up out. at the end of the panel. Like, hello, hello, my good friend Simone <laughs> and her, her panelists. Oh, who, who are these people? Hello, fellow, fellow podcasters. <laughs> I'm Ashley. Oh, <laughs> I'm successful. <laughs> I'm an eligible bachelorette. Um, yeah, so the description is uh, talking about how to find representation in this world of often very same, same content and also how to be that representation. So I think we're going to be having similar conversations to your diverse mm. diverse panel but with a more specific focus i guess yeah 
Um, I say, I guess. I'm <laughs> it's all in thing. your hands, girl. It's all in my hands. I'm so excited. Uh, Chelsea is going to be on one. She's in the opening show as well. And she is on a panel called The Great Podcast Subject Swap on Sunday. I have, what are they doing? (laughs) I wish she were here to speak for herself. Oh, I think she was explaining it to us maybe last week or something. And she described it as if you had sort of like an unlimited amount of money to produce a podcast, Mm -hmm. what would that podcast be, basically? And they kind of spitball. I want to answer that right now. Let's forget the rest of the episode. (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't actually mean that. I meant like take the whole episode to figure that out. I I don't have an extra. I I think I'm going to go to this panel because, (laughs) shoot, it's at 1130 a.m. on Sunday. Which is when mine is. No. I'm so sad because that's her only panel and I can't go. I I really do want to go to that. Um, And uh, Mike Hurley, who is, he owns Relay FM, uh, which is the, network behind my other podcast rocket is going to be on that panel Mm. as well as jenny owen youngs who is an awesome content creator who i have been following for a while and she uh her podcast is buffering the vampire slayer which oh what a good name but what was that i forget what i originally she also does music yeah that's how i know her oh hey i just got back from a really long trip to France, where I played one video game and one video game only, and it was Mario Party. Well, I I, th- I find it so weird when I went home to Port Townsend, I spent ninety percent of my time sitting on my mom's couch and playing Breath of the Wild, and I did not stop, and my hands actually didn't hurt that whole time, and I I, I just played it forever, and then I went to France. And I barely did anything with my Switch at all. I brought my Switch. I brought my four Joy-Cons, which I have now because I bought the set of double red Joy-Cons. Yay. Yeah. But the only thing I played was one round, one game, 10 rounds of Mario Party, excuse me, with my brother and his girlfriend. And she kicked our ass. Sorry. <laughs> I have the hiccups from drinking too much chamomile tea. She kicked our asses despite not playing video games and never having played Mario Party before. Which leads me to my thesis that Mario Party is the great equalizer that will bring us all onto a common ground and perhaps world peace. Yeah. Which is ironic, I guess, because everyone says it's the friendship destroyer. But I think it only destroys the friendship destroyer and the equalizer. Yes. Yes. I think that's why everyone's reduced to zero. There's yes. no biases. There are no connections anymore. It is only Mario Party. Uh, uh. But I feel like that's true. Like, it's basically a board game, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's not predicated on any knowledge of gaming beyond, like, this is what this button does and this is what this button does. Any skill whatsoever. Yeah. Literally, it's so stupid. And even if you're good at games and, the, like, you're winning, the you mini can lose. games, though, I feel like. She you know, in, in, in some in some challenges, maybe there's some like platforming, yeah, skills mm. needed. Like you know, the the ones where you all have to start running and um, jump on like ledges as they fall, and you have to like avoid obstacles. Oh God, I haven't done that one yet. <gasps> I also like haven't played them in a long time, and I feel like I recall um, somebody on this show saying that it's a little bit friendlier now as opposed to before like what I'm used to you know the Mario Party in 64 where I mean I don't know like there was no co-op mode everything was horrible it was a bloody (laughs) battle every time and it was like very obvious whose coins you're trying to steal and Mm -hmm. it was horrible but it's like Mm -hmm. cuter and happier now 
I I miss some of that, I guess, uh, agency in it because there are some things like uh, you'll get a, a space and uh, what's his, what's the cloud lucky to will steal mm-hmm. coins from someone. But it doesn't let you choose who you're stealing coins from. Mm-hmm. You you can choose with the oh. coinado, but you can't choose with certain special events like who to target <gasps> for malice. And I find that very unfair because I want to make a goddamn decision. Like landing on the space in the first place is total chance. Yeah. Generally, unless you have the like special dice block. So why not like reward me with something yeah. concrete for it landing on the space. It does feel like they've removed a lot of your control from yeah. you. Like it really feels way more streamlined. Yeah. That's yeah, good. It does. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's such an equalizer now because it, yeah, they did remove so much control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I very clearly remember like if you wanted to steal coins from someone, you got like a like booze help mm, and then yeah. it would bring up the four players and like in front of everybody, you have to choose. Shameless. Or the computer will choose in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it was Peach, she always picked me. That's why I hate Peach. No. Yes. That's, a, that's actually like the only good reason I've heard for hating Peach. That's why you have to be Peach. No. <laughs> be the Peach you wish to destroy. Um, oh, my God. No. But the... <laughs> no. What? <laughs> no, please don't make me be Peach. Uh, though strangely, um, I really like Peachette. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it's her redesigned outfit and her cute little crown. Peachette. Anyway, um, I have a question for you. Mario so you yes, played multiple rounds of Super Mario Party. Yes, not that time, but in in general in my life. What what was your favorite map? Do they still have really nice, cool themed maps? Ooh, uh, the, my favorite one I think is the um, the Kamek's Golden whatever, the one with a mm. lot of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, the path is kind of boring. There's not a lot of variation, but the fact that you can buy two stars and the price changes every time <gasps> it adds a lot of stress. A lot of stress. <laughs> uh, and I I guess I like the tropical island one. Although, um, I mean, it's really cute. I love the design of that one. It makes me very hungry. I think, And there's a lot of variable paths on it. And the star is always moving. So, you know, that's fun when the star moves all the time. And you're so close to it. But then somebody gets to it before you. And then suddenly it's across the map. That's fun. Classic <laughs> Mario Party kind of fun. My brother almost fucked us we in the chemist golden palace map because we were we had one npc and it was fucking wario oh and i told him i told him you have to steal coin we're both gonna steal coins from wario and we're gonna make it so he can't afford the stars because he's right there he's so close to getting the stars and tristan was like okay 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 and then he fucking stole coins from me. Wow. <laughs> he stole what from me bitch. his sister me who had Plenty of money, either way, but Wario was right about to get to the star. Did he get the star? He did get the stars. He almost won. The only thing that saved Wario from winning was that Katie got bonus stars. And that is how my brother almost (laughs) ruined it. Because when you play Mario Party with people and one NPC or multiple NPCs, your first objective is to win. Your second objective is to make sure that the robots do not win. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. Underlying Human is my brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and he almost ruined that for us. And I will definitely, probably never forget that. So, sorry, Tristan. I love you. Well, <laughs> let's move on. Allegra Frank. You watched a movie that about Dragon Ball, about a, a lame Dragon Ball character. <laughs> Tell me about him. Whoa! Whoa. He ain't lame! Broly is great. Broly? I okay, I had a talk with Adam Musa, mm-hmm. a friendly Australian and fan of the show, before uh, I stepped into the recording studio, and he said he's been pronouncing it Brawly, like the Australian <laughs> slang for umbrella. Oh, um, is it? And he was wondering how cute. it's actually pronounced. I know that's so is, cute. Is right? that real? That's it so is real, cute. according to Adam, who Brawly. I'm sure wouldn't lie to me. Umbrella. Umbrella. That's so cute. Um, it is Broly. Broly, sorry. No! Adam. I'm so sorry. I've also been pronouncing it Broly as well. But why? You're not Australian. Because it's. <laughs> look at it. It only has one L. B R O L Y. It's bro. There's bro right well, there. I don't like if saying had... bro. She doesn't like <laughs> saying bro. It's a personal problem, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> So what is this movie about and okay. was it good? So Dragon Ball Super colon Broly mm. takes place after the end of Dragon Ball Super, which is the most recent Dragon Ball anime. Um, so like there's Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and then years, years later, 2015, I think, they started Dragon Ball Super. So that brings back like Goku, Vegeta, everybody, all those ca- classic characters. And Dragon Ball Super colon Broly um, just kind of takes place after the most recent slash last arc in the show. So without any spoilers, because I have never watched an episode of Dragon Ball Super. Basically where this movie starts off is like there was a big fighting tournament and Goku, everyone's happy. And Goku's like, you know what? I'm bored, though. I want to do some more fighting. How old is he now? Girl, thousands, oh <laughs> thousands of years. He never die. He has died many times. Actually, he is the thing. That's why they have okay, to keep getting well, I've revealed myself. <laughs> He's died a lot. So anyway, um, he is just like, I want to fight, and everyone's like, Why? You just prove that you're the strongest fighter ever. And he's like, But I'm bored. So meanwhile, Frieza, evil guy, main evil guy, he is also kind of bored. And he just got out of hell. They sent him to hell. Just got out of hell. Yeah. Oh, man. He's, they sent him to hell in a cocoon. He somehow got out. Now he's bored. He's like, I don't know what to do. I want those Dragon Balls, I guess. Turns out Bulma, Vegeta's wife, she has the Dragon Balls just <gasps> sitting around. And, like, no reason. Just hanging. They spark joy. They spark joy. <laughs> there's seven of them and you need eight. Um, so she has seven of them. So there's one more. And Frieza finds out that she has seven of the eight Dragon Balls. Somehow everyone knows where number eight is, but no one bothered to get it until now. So Frieza steals the Dragon Balls. And Goku's like, oh, great. Yay. This means a fight. I'm so excited. I get to fight somebody. And then they're like, wait, but Bulma, why do you even have the Dragon Balls? And she's it's really funny. And I'll tell you guys, because I don't think you're seeing this movie, even though it's great. But it's very funny. So this is literally what the whole movie is predicated on. Okay, Bulma has the Dragon Balls because she wants to look five years younger, explicitly five, because if she looks any more than five years younger, people will notice. That's what she said. Uh, and Frieza steals the Dragon Balls, which they all have to get back because they're like, Bulma wants to look younger and she does look old, so we gotta get him back. <laughs> and Frieza, they're like, Frieza, do you want to be immortal? Like, do you want to kill Goku? Like, what do you want? And he's like, no, I just want to be five centimeters taller because any more than that, people what? start to notice. Did he say that? Yes. 
I can't. It's so funny. So literally they all fight because Freeze wants to be taller and Bulma wants to look younger. That is why they are fighting. Oh my God. Just go to a fucking plastic surgeon. All of this could have been avoided. Just moisturize, Bulma. Like they're literally like. Get some insoles, Frieza. They're like, Frieza, do you want to be immortal? And he's like, no, that sounds boring. Do you want to be the strongest person ever? He's like, no, too much work. Five centimeters also is like. I'm sorry, that's an insulting amount. It's not even like five inches. It's five centimeters. People, like, people will notice. People will notice. He's like, not a centimeter more. It's like, okay. Does he get it? Does he? Well, actually, that's a little spoiler. But here's the thing. Where's so, Broly? Bro- I'm okay, so Broly. Okay, Meanwhile, there's this dude named Broly. Mm. And the big deal with this movie is that Broly was in like some old Dragon Ball movies, but the creator of Dragon Ball, Akira Toriyama, he wasn't involved with those, so that's non-canonical, but he wrote this one. So now Broly's like a real dude. Broly was raised on a planet with just his dad, so he never had any human interaction, and his dad was really abusive and bad. So, But Broly was sent to this planet by himself because he is actually the strongest fighter ever like stronger than Goku and everything so then Broly's dad like Frieza's one of Frieza's minions happens to find this planet and they find Broly and his dad and they're like hey you seem really strong you should come work for us so then they go work for Frieza and when Frieza goes to get the Dragon Balls he brings Broly because he's like oh this is going to be easy because Broly can just like get rid of Goku real fast but Broly's actually like you know sweet guy he doesn't know any better he was raised alone his dad sucks he just wants to like be normal meanwhile Goku's just like I just want to beat someone up you seem like a nice guy but also you're strong so let's fight and that is the whole movie it's basically a scene there's just one scene and that's the whole movie and it's a very good scene but it's it's called dragon ball super broly well okay also i i ignored the whole 30 minute preamble that explains who broly is but no you recapped it that's it that's it like basically the movie starts with a huge prologue of like who broly is and who goku is and all that crap but it kind (sighs) of what you've described to me about the plot Makes it sound like the greatest movie I've ever heard. Of. It's so good. Is Broly a Saiyan? Yes. Okay. He is. He's like the most super super Saiyan ever. Whoa. But <laughs> but he was on a planet alone. Was that purpose purposeful? <laughs> <laughs> purposeful? Yeah. So his dad like kept strong. him there for in the beginning like, of the movie. It starts out like they're all babies. He was oh, sick. Vegeta, Goku, or Vegeta and Broly were born at the same time. They were born on the same planet, planet Vegeta. And King Vegeta is like, my son needs to be the strongest one. And it looks like Broly's going to be stronger. And he's probably going to kill my son. How so he should go. Because um, they could read everyone's power levels. And his was over When 9, he was a baby? Mm-hmm. So... I thought the power level was not a, a fixed thing. I thought it like could change. Oh yeah, so it was already over. So 9, you can't. It's a baby. He's <laughs> a buff baby. He doesn't know how to like go to the toilet yet. You That's can't part have, of the problem. You can't be over Forceful nine thousand if you don't know how to shit. <laughs> you disagree. don't unlock that until ten thousand, Ashley. Good God, babies are born knowing how to shit. I mean, pro- like in a toilet. You know, you can't use plumbing yet. <laughs> he probably them. breaks. The he toilet. also like probably mm-hmm. doesn't even know how to chew his own food. He doesn't even have his own teeth. He can't have that much power. He doesn't as even a baby. Need the teeth. I, yeah, yeah. I guess you don't. No, he shouldn't have teeth. 
So he can turn into a giant monkey, which is the whole thing that Saiyans do. So he keeps doing that by accident, and it's really bad. And that thing can definitely shit and has teeth. What? So they have Shark to get teeth. rid of him. That doesn't happen till you're older, though. Right? You're making me so worried now about this movie. Usually they have to be older. But yeah, so basically he's like, go, or we're going to kill your son. And then Broly's dad is like, I don't want my son to die. So then he finds out where they send his son and then he goes there. Then why is he so mean to him if he, yeah. okay, That part was upsetting to me, to be honest. He was really mean. Aww. He killed Broly's best friend who was this really cute, like, giant monster animal thing. No. It was really fluffy. <gasps> Broly, like, first they started fighting together, but then he was like, you know what? You're my friend. I like you. And so they would just hang out together and, like, play fight. But then one day... um, his dad ran into it and he was like, no, Broly, you're you're goofing around. This is not OK. And then his dad cut off the animal monster thing's ear and the animal like left. It ran away. And he's like, good. Everything's safe <gasps> now. And it was so sad. They just cut his ear off. That's terrible. Oh, but he, did, he didn't kill it in front of him. No, I oh, don't. I, that's I don't think it. I think but, it just ran away. But that's just like equally as traumatizing, I think. Yeah. Oh God, that's Just like terrible. I could have killed it, but what? instead I maimed it forever. Oh. Yeah, Broly. It's he's very sympathetic and cute. Yeah. He only has like one real line because he just like doesn't talk. Are you fucking kidding me. So he has like one line. He just like says like words. But there's one part where he's talking about the animal and he's like, "He was my friend, my only friend. I no. hold this forever. I will never let it go." It's so sad and cute. No, like, why doesn't he just kill his dad and get his friend back? I don't want to get into spoilers, but something happens with his dad and it is very satisfying. Okay. So. He gets his ear cut off. He gets both yeah. his ears cut off. Both yeah. of them. <laughs> I wish, but no, it's very good. And the whole movie is just so silly, clearly. So where can people watch this? So it's in theaters. Well, now that you're listening, it will be in theaters. Um, it's in theaters actually across the country, which is cool. Pretty big rollout for an anime movie, especially Dragon Ball. Yeah. I know like the Alamo Draft House is showing it. And that sounds like a recipe for disaster. I know, <laughs> in a bunch of cities. <laughs> Um, I saw it at the big AMC theater in Times Square. So I think it's pretty much showing. The big oh. AMC theater. Oh, I saw it on the big old Times Square. Dragon Ball Z Super Broly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's showing across the country. Gosh. So just check to see. But it's out. Uh, it's out now, actually. Cool. Well, well, well. Ashley O. You are still playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And not only is that depressing. Hey! Hey! <laughs> wow. But you've made a sadder. How did you do it? Wow, that's loaded. It's wonderful. Uh, it's great. Uh, except I can't help but think uh, that there's more to this game than just transactions, which that's all this game is. It's transactions. It's trading items for more items so you can build more things, so you can invite more people, so you can make more things. So, okay, there's a winter event going on. It's been going on for a while. It's very cute. And this is like a continuation and, you know, you'll complete special challenges to get, you know, like snowballs, right? Because Isabel comes up to you and she's like, Ashley, I want to make like the greatest igloo. You know, it's, can you please help me? I need some snow. It's going to be awesome. It's good, you know. So I'm doing all these challenges, and it, it's been a long time. I mean, it's still going. And so I was wondering, I hit like um, 
I guess like uh, like one of the milestones, right? And like it must be a decent way through because it cuts to Isabel and we're in front of her little booth and then she's like, Ashley, thank you. Like, I couldn't have done this without your help. Like, we're so close. We're so close, Ashley, to finishing it. And then I immediately thought, I was like, what, what if this isn't really for an igloo at all? <laughs> What if actually she is building like a horrible nuclear weapon that I have no idea about, but she's kind of tricking everyone to be like, yes, we're so close. And it's actually like the rest of the, you know, she has like a cultish like hold on the other villagers. And, you know, it's just like, we're so close, everybody. Just a little bit more with your help. We can achieve something great. And everybody's like, okay, Isabel. And then like. You know, I just feel like that's what it's going to be. Of like, if I could draw a comic, it would be me delivering her to her all these snowballs and her being like, "Yes, Ashley, thank you for your great contribution." It will be noted, and it cuts back to like a country totally decimated, wiped off the face of the earth, and I'm just like, "Oh no, what are we doing it for? Oh Is it God. really an igloo? I don't think so." And then I think the other animals. I mean, I feel like they, you know. Get, I feel bad. I think I assign too much empathy to these things because there's an there's an option now where you can check skip and it skips like the extra dialogue. So if you decide to give them an item instead of hearing them go like, oh, thank you, or oh, you gave me this, like it just cuts straight to the screen where like you get the items. And I feel like I've been doing that more and more because I just am trying to streamline the shit out of this game and like get all the resources and get out. And I just almost feel like, I haven't seen Apollo in a while, and I'm just oh. like, what if he thinks that I just, I'm not interested in him, and I'm only no. interested for him because of the preserves, but that's not really true. And then, <laughs> so I gave um, one of my ca campsite friends, I guess, like, a, you know, you can give them, like, snacks, mm -hmm. and I got this, uh, a really cute pink donut, and I already had, like, a cute uh, type member named Sprinkle. Um, and she gives me cotton, which has I'm very low on cotton all the time. And so she gives me a lot of cotton. So I gave her like this donut. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I gave it to her. She's like, oh my God, Ashley, like this is like absolutely my favorite. Like, thank you so much. Like, you're my best friend. And then like she was standing right behind my former best friend. Well, because I always say I love Cube. Cube is like my favorite. And um, after that whole thing, when I was done, Cube was sitting on the couch and had a, a little oh, no. mug of coffee in its hand and like it's kind of like dangling its little legs and I just and it was kind of like gently swaying and I really I looked at Cube and I felt like Cube was just like thought I was your best fucking oh, friend Ashley no. what happened to that where's my snack where's my donut I give you all this cotton I gave you a bundle of 24 cotton you're not even gonna get that and I'm stuck with these people and I have to sit on this hospital gurney because you couldn't afford to put a real bed in here Ashley oh, so what are we even doing here Ashley why is everything under construction Ashley and then I don't know I just feel like there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes like when I'm closing the game and that you know that they talk about like in Toy Story when I'm not around Ooh. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I really don't think that Isabel wants to build an igloo. I think there's something wrong because I noticed this. I'm like devoted because I was like, I have to collect all these snow gyrodites. I need to craft these items. They, they, they told me these are my goals. I have to do them. And then just now, like last week, I was like, wait, what am I doing this for? Oh, my God. There's so much to unpack here. This reminds me in um, Animal Crossing New Leaf. 
there would, would all, always be these like neighborhood um, requests. Like your neighbors mm-hmm. would be like, I really want a like traffic cone. And you'd be like, but why? Yeah. And then you would have to find space and raise money, which usually no one wants to pitch in. So you would have to basically bankroll it yourself. And what? it's like, why do you want a second traffic cone now? And why does it have to be near the other traffic cone? And now I'm feeling suspicious, too, that this was all in like a prelude to the nuclear operations that she's continuing no. to do. Yeah, the they're, yeah, they're like they're putting it out like sparsely so that yeah. no one will notice. Yes. People will notice, so you know, once in a while. Like for example, I I was asked to make a lunar rover for somebody, uh-huh. um, and this came suspiciously uh, a week after another animal member, Philbert, asked for a space shuttle, <gasps> a big rocket, and I was like, what? And then someone else asked for an asteroid, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? What's going on? They're recreating the moon landing. And no, Armageddon. <laughs> I don't know. But it's really suspicious. And especially like I don't get to interact with Isabel that much. I don't know. Maybe in the main Animal Crossing games you do. Mm-hmm. But here like she just kind of like she barely appears. She'll just give an announcement. She'll like go back. So she only talks to you about like important things. So I feel like she's a very high ranking member of an organization mm-hmm. that only does the interfacing to check. She's my handler. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, no. You have been recruited by some secret, top secret nuclear organization. She runs point there. She is your your handler, but you don't actually know why you're involved or what you're doing. And I think they are trying to obliterate our planet. And they are practicing by recreating an other planets' atmosphere and environment on your pocket camp site. But she wants to be a futuristic... Uh, no, she wanted to be a futuristic moon base, but yes. w- merging with Japanese feudal themes because she was wearing a kimono the last time I saw her. And then just out of nowhere, this had nothing to do with winter or Christmas. They were like, there's a kimono special going on, Ashley. It's only available for a week. Are you going to craft it? Here are three types of kimonos. Craft it. So I crafted one. I was like, okay, well, Isabel's wearing one. And then it was gone, just like that. I never heard anything about it again. There was no point to this. I don't know why, but I have a kimono. Something's going on. It's a cult of Japanese feudalists and they're preparing to launch to another planet where now they are modeling that planet. Yes, they're modeling that planet in your pocket camp so that everyone can be prepared and then they're going to destroy the planet and all the Japanese feudalists are going to move to the other planet. It's it's Westworld Japan. It's the Japanese part of Westworld. Oh my God, this all makes... Okay, so I'm so glad I talked to you about this because I felt like I'd be a crazy person if I started writing a screenplay about it at home. But turns out I sound like an insane... It's it's already like an HBO show it's ready HBO. to go. Are you wearing the kimono? Who is Thandy Newton's character then? <laughs> is that Cherry? Oh lord. Cherry. I have a lot to unpack with this game especially since like <laughs> and your feelings for Isabel. What? But I see that's a thing. <laughs> is she your friend or well, is she not? Remember how before I said so much like don't hurt Isabel. Isabel's perfect. She's a perfect creature. Mm-hmm. She's gentle like she's perfect. Why Why do you think that, Ashley? The why? Where did this come from? And it's like, well, no, because she's perfect. But where did that come from? Be- maybe I was conditioned to think that. That's because she's my handler. Mm-hmm. They've lied to you. Oh, my God. This is... I need to play this game again. Well, also, like, th- I, I keep getting animals who keep giving me steel more than any... And I don't know if that's the most popular one in Pocket Cam, 
but the steel people vastly out outweigh uh, outnumber the, the cotton actually. people. The steel people. There's a war between the cotton people and the steel people, and they don't want to be on Earth. Why do they want you to make an asteroid instead of just going to space with their space shuttle to they get an asteroid from nature? I don't know. And then and then after that, someone asked me to make oh, a cup you. of ramen, like. The fuck? They need sustenance. They're hungry. No, I just work it all day. I get it, but like also, like you said, Allegro, Mm. the food. Why Mm. does it take so long to craft? Yeah. I was so excited about a lone strawberry cupcake someone wanted. I was like, this looks fucking delicious. I'm going to make this immediately. And then I put it up on the craft screen and it said five hours for one cupcake. For one cupcake? Uh, 24 real cupcakes don't so take that long. So they're discouraging me from food consumption and from natural materials, mm. and they want me to build a space station. Yeah, And they won't tell me why. Yes. Are you? The question is, are they going to bring you with them? Is this an ARG for a data mining company? Yes. Probably. I should really stop playing then. <laughs> no, I want you to keep, I want you to go deeper. You're actually, literally, you are funding and building this Can you, whole thing. This whole plan. I'm like level 72 now. Like, I, I, I've You're powered a through. whale. Can you start a conspiracy podcast? I mean, a truth finding podcast about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp? There's a lot to unpack. I absolutely There's will do that. Yeah. Well, in preparation for that, uh, we'll we'll let you go. We're gonna wrap up the show for today, so let's say Fire Festival for next week when we've watched. Oh movies. yes, when we've yeah. watched both watch documentaries, yeah. yes. and Chelsea will probably be back. Um, and we hope to see you all at PodCon this weekend. Again, you can get remote or physical tickets at PodCon.com, and we're very excited. Uh, talk to us on Twitter. Uh, if you have emails for us, you can send them to polygonshow at polygon.com. Uh, let us know if you're going to be at PodCon. Maybe we can find a way to say hi. Um, thank you so much again for listening. Uh, this has been The Polygon Show. <laughs> <laughs>